Hugh Glass by John Nyhard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nathan at antipodeanwriter.wordpress.com. The Song of Hugh Glass by John Nyhard. Part Two. The Awakening. No one may say what time elapsed or when the slumbrous shadow lifted over Hugh, but some globose immensity of blue enfolded him at last within whose light he seemed to float as some fate swimmer might, a deep beneath and overhead a deep. So one late plunged into a lethal sleep, a spirit diver fighting for his breath swoops through the many fathomed glooms of death, emerging in a daylight strange and new. Rousing a liquid wonder came on Hugh at the quiet, steep-arched splendour of the day. A grope for some dim memory he lay upon his back, and watched a loosened fleece fade in the blue profundity of peace, as did the memory he sought in vain. Then with a stirring of mysterious pain, old habit of the body bade him rise. But when he would obey, the hollow skies broke as a bubble punctured, and went out. Again he woke, and with a drowsy doubt remote unto his horizontal gaze, he saw the world's end kindle to a blaze, and up the smoky steep pale heralds run. And when at length he knew it, for the sun dawn found the darkling reaches of his mind, for in the twilight he began to find strewn shards and torsos of familiar things, as from the rubble. In a place of kings men school the dream to build the past anew. So out of dream and fragment builded Hugh, and came upon the reason of his plight the bear's attack the shot and then the night wherein men talked as ghosts about a grave some consciousness of will the memory gave he would get up the painful effort spent made the wide heavens billow as a tent wind-struck the shaken prairies sag and roll some moments with an effort at control he swayed half raised upon his arms until the dizzy cosmos righted and was still then would he stand erect and be again the man he was an overwhelming pain smote him to earth and one unruly limb refused the weight and crumpled under him sickened with torture he lay huddled there gazing about him with a great despair proportioned to the might that felt the chain far flung as dawn collusive sky and plain stared bleak denial back why strive at all that vacancy about him like a wall yielding as light a granite scarp to climb some little waiting on the creep of time, abandonment to circumstance, and then. Here flashed a sudden thought of Henry's men into his mind and drove the gloom away. They would be riding westward with the day. How strange he had forgot that battered leg or some scalp wound had set his wits a beg. Was this Hugh Glass to whimper like a squaw? Grimly amused, he raised his head and saw the empty distance, listened long and heard naught but the twitter of a lonely bird that emphasised the hush was something wrong twas not the major's way to dally long and surely they had camped not far behind now woke a query in his troubled mind where was his horse again came creeping back the circumstances of the bear's attack he had dismounted thinking at the spring to spend the night and then the grisly thing of course the horse had bolted plain enough but why was all the soil about so rough as though a herd of horses had been there the riddle vexed him till his vacant stare fell on a heap of earth beside a pit what did that mean he wormed his way to it the newly wakened wonder dulling pain 
no poor of beast had scooped it that was plain twas squared indeed twas like a grave he thought a grave a grave the mental echo wrought sick fancies who had risen from the dead who lying there had heard above his head the ghostly talkers deaf unto his shout now searching all the region round about as though the answer were a lurking thing he saw along the margin of the spring an ash heap and the litter of a camp suspicion like a little smoky lamp that daubs the murk but cannot fathom it flung bare grotesques before his groping wit had rees been there and he alive who then and were he dead it might be henry's men how many suns had risen while he slept the smoky glow flared wildly and he crept the dragged limb throbbing till at length he found the trail of many horses westward bound and in one breadth the groping light became a gloom devouring ecstasy of flame a dazing conflagration of belief plunged deeper than the seats of hate and grief he gazed about for aught that might deny such baseness saw the non-committal sky the prairie apathetic in a shroud the bland complacence of a vagrant cloud world-wide connivance smilingly the sun approved a land wherein such deeds were done and careless breezes like a troop of youth unawed before the presence of such truth went scampering amid the tussled brush then by and by came on him with a rush his weakness and the consciousness of pain while with the chill insistence of a rain that pelts the sodden wreck of summer's end his manifest betrayal by a friend beat in upon him jamie had been there and jamie 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 did not care what no man yet had witnessed the wide sky looked down and saw a light wind idling by heard what no ear of mortal yet had heard for he whose name was like a magic word to conjure the remote heroic mood of valiant deed and splendid fortitude river too that shared a fire might be gave way to grief and wept unmanfully yet not as they for whom tears fall like dew to green a frosted heart again wept hugh so thewed to strive so engined to prevail and make harsh fate the zany of a tale his own might shook and tore him for a span he lay a grey old ruin of a man with all his years upon him like a snow and then at length as from the long ago remote beyond the other side of wrong the old love came like some remembered song whereof the strain is sweet the burden sad a retrospective vision of the lad grew up in him as in a foggy night the witchery of semi-lunar light mysteriously quickens all the air some memory of wind-blown golden hair the boyish laugh the merry eyes of blue wrought marvellously in the heart of hugh as under snow the demon of the spring and momently it seemed a little thing to suffer nor might treachery recall the miracle of being loved at all the privilege of loving to the end and thereupon a longing for his friend made life once more a struggle for the prize to look again upon the merry eyes to see again the wind-blown golden hair ay one should lavish very tender care upon the vessel of a hope so great lest it be shattered and the precious freight as water on the arid waste poured out yet though he longed to live a subtle doubt still turned on him the weapon of his pain now as before collusive sky and plain outstared his purpose for a puny thing praying to live he crawled back to the spring with something in his heart like gratitude that by good luck his gun might furnish food his blanket shelter and his flint a fire for after all what thing do men desire to be or have but these condition it 
these with a purpose and a little wit and howsoever smitten one might rise push back the curtain of the curving skies and come upon the living dream at last exhausted by the spring he lay and cast dull eyes about him what did it portend nought but the footprints of a fickle friend a yawning grave and ashes met his eyes scarce feeling yet the shock of a surprise he searched about him for his flint and knife knew vaguely that his seeking was for life and that the place was empty where he sought no food no fire no shelter dully wrought the bleak negation in him slowly crept to where despite the pain his love had kept a shrine for jamie undefiled of doubt then suddenly conviction like a shout aroused him jamie jamie was a thief the very difficulty of belief was fuel for the simmering of rage that grew and grew the more he strove to gauge the underlying motive of the deed untempered youth might fail a friend in need but here had wrought some devil of the will some heartless thing too cowardly to kill that left to nature what it dared not do so bellowsed all the kindled soul of hugh became a still white hell of brooding ire and through his veins regenerating fire ran driving out the lethargy of pain now once again he scanned the yellow plain conspirant with the overbending skies and lo the one was blue as jamie's eyes the other of the colour of his hair twin hues of falseness merging to a stare as though such guilt thus visibly immense regarded its effect with insolence alas for those who fondly place above the act of loving what they chance to love who prize the goal more dearly than the way for time shall plunder them and change betray and life shall find them vulnerable still a bitter-sweet narcotic to the will hugh's love increased the peril of his might but anger broke the slumber of his might quickened the heart and warmed the blood that ran defiance for the treachery of man defiance for the meaning of his pain defiance for the distance of the plain that seemed to gloat you cannot master me and for one burning moment he felt free to rise and conquer in a wind of rage but as a tiger conscious of the cage a smoulder with a purpose broods and waits so with the sullen patience that is hates hugh taught his wrath to bide expedience now cognizant a very quickened sense thirst came upon him leaning to the spring he stared with fascination on a thing that rose from giddy deeps to share the draught a face it was so tortured that it laughed a ghastly mask that murder well might wear and while as one they drank together there it was as though the deed he meant to do took shape and came to kiss the lips of hugh lest that revenge might falter hunger woke and from the bush with leafage grey as smoke wherein like flame the bullberries glinted red scarce sweeter than the heart of him they fed hugh feasted and the hours of waiting crept a gloom a glow and though he waked or slept the pondered purpose or a dream that wrought by night the murder of his waking thought sustained him till he felt his strength returned and then at length the longed-for morning burned and beckoned down the waste way he should crawl that waste to be surmounted as a wall sky rims and yet more sky rims steep to climb that simulacrum of enduring time the hundred empty miles twixt him and where the stark misery ran yet why not dare despite the useless leg he could not die one hair's breadth farther from the earth and sky or more remote from kindness end of part two recorded by nathan at antipodeanwriter.wordpress.com